are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. I hope you're all going jolly out there across the world. We're sending light and love to everybody this fabulous morning. And I am here live in Denver, Colorado today, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Rebecca Mills, previously Ryan. And Rebecca has been a consummate, amazingly accomplished pilot and has flown for corporate has flown just about every type of Learjet, is type-rated in every Learjet, has flown for Delta, was a chief pilot in the flight department, has over 12,000 hours, has circled the globe about seven times. And Rebecca is here to share her story of her life's journey being a man and now as a fully changed woman. And she is changed from the inside out. Good morning, Rebecca. Morning, when so happy to spend nice. some time with you. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm honored that you'd be willing to speak with us so close to your surgery. And, you know, you've been through a lot in the last three weeks, and yet here you are, and you look fabulous. And Thank you. you are strong. <laughs> you're strong. You're so strong. You have a story of all stories. Let's start at the beginning so people can understand um, you have a resume as a, as a professional that would knock people's socks off and pilots as well. <laughs> but <laughs> you were adopted as a child. Tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. I was adopted when I was 10 days old. Um, I did not find out that I was adopted until... I believe I was in like the second grade or the third grade. It was my sister that I grew up with. Um, She told me. And I didn't quite understand what adoption meant. So by the time I, you know, kind of pieced it together, and she certainly didn't tell me to, you know, be malicious or to be mean or anything like that. I think she just told me. And once I put it together, I figured out that, really what it was for me is that I was given to these amazing parents that I had. Um, I was very blessed to have just the best parents in the world. And that realization that what my mom and dad aren't my mom and dad, um, that was, that was kind of heavy. I'm sure. I'm sure that's really hard to, to believe, but your parents really were so amazing to you and for you and with you. I mean, you couldn't have been given better adoptive parents, really, no, right? they were amazing. And, and that probably helped you in some of this process. Now, did your parents help you find your adoptive mother, and did you, how did you go about that process? Well, for a long time, I, I grew up in Colorado uh, my entire life. Colorado's adoption laws up until just a couple of years ago were closed adoptions. So you couldn't find out any information whatsoever. Um, I tried in college 
And I even took it all the way up to the director of the Department of Health in the state where he basically told me, you're just going to have to realize you may never know. A couple years ago, the adoption laws changed and I filled out the application and you can imagine the backlog of 40 plus years of people, you know, wanting to know who they are. And I was one of them. So I filled out this application, I sent it in. And I waited for about seven months, and about seven months later, I get a little thing in the mail that had a photocopy of a microfiche of my original birth certificate. So what did that feel my, like? How did, my how did you respond to that? It was, it was an amazing experience because it had my birth mother's name. It had the name that she named me, which was really powerful for me. Um, It also had her address, which was less than five miles away from where I grew up my entire life in Arvada, Colorado. That must have been shocking. That must have been just, you know, how do you put words to that? Your mother's literally been around the corner your whole life. It was less than five minutes away when I decided to go and drive by the address. Um, It was, I think it took me about five minutes to get there. It's so moving. And... How did she receive you? I drove by the house. I just kind of, you know, had in my mind that it's been 40 years. So I just sort of assumed that this house had been in, you know, maybe five, six different families in 40 years. So I just kept driving. Um, But as I drove by, I, I was like, wow, that's probably the window she looked out of. That's the front door she probably walked through. I kind of sat on this for another month or so when, I don't know, it just occurred to me that this was one of the last things that I have not tried to really, you know, try and make me feel good about life was to just try and find my birth mother. So I found an investigative service in Florida that this is what they do. They find birth families and... I sent them all my information. They said they would get a hold of me in about a month and let me know what they find out. The very next day, they sent me an email that said, strangely enough, your mother still resides at the address that appears on your birth certificate. Wow. So, yeah, I ended up just writing like an introductory letter and I slipped it into the mail um, I didn't tell her about everything. I figured 40 years was, you know, kind of enough without going nuclear. But I did introduce <laughs> myself. I told her where I went to school. I told her what makes me laugh, what kind of foods I like, um, what I did for a living. And as soon as she got the letter, she called me. Um, I concluded that letter by saying I don't want to intrude. But she called me immediately and Within the first sentence, um, she told me that she loved me and she's loved me her whole life and that she celebrates my birthday. She still wishes me a Merry Christmas. She has my baby picture on her mantle. Um, She told me about two half-brothers and a half-sister that have looked for me for years. Um, So I had this whole other family just less than five miles away from where I grew up my entire life. Hmm. Wow. Now you must have felt more complete at that point. You must have realized there was a piece that was missing, and now that piece is found. How did your 
family that you grew up with take this information? They were incredibly supportive. Um, there was a, a little crack um, one evening when I came home and my mother, um, who raised me, she, you know, basically just embraced me and she said, but you're mine. I was there with you, you know, and I was there with you when you had the chicken pox. I was there with you when you got in trouble at school. I was there with you when you hit that home run. And I felt bad because that's when I realized, you know, her perspective on it. And I just tried to assure her this was not done to try and replace anyone. This was just something that I needed to do because it was really my last attempt at trying to convince myself, okay, if I can find my birth mother, then I will feel a lot better about my life. I could, I could probably just go on with how things are if I just knew. And it was well, what I've tried to convince myself my whole life. I mean, ever since I was in preschool, if I could just do this, I won't feel this way. If I could just do that, I won't feel this way. Now, we have to preface this for the audience a little bit, and that is many people out there listening to this will say, well, that must be the reason then that you wanted to change your gender. There was something missing, but that's not the case, right? It's not the case at all. As a matter of fact, I, I found out that I was adopted when I was in the second or the third grade. I knew, just as I know I have two elbows, I knew that I was a girl in preschool, the very first year of preschool, actually. How did you know that? Like, what, what told you that internally? What Was it a, a way you took in the world? Was it a feeling? Just what kind of knowing do you have at that point? I just, I just was kind of me until we played this game in preschool where they have the boys line up on one side of the room and the girls line up on the other side of the room. And I dropped the Play-Doh, and without even thinking twice, um, I lined up on the side of the girls. And <laughs> everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. All the kids laughed. The teacher laughed. I'm laughing and, at you. I love the situation. I love yeah. it. That's perfect, right? I mean, it's, it's well, so dude, it's I kind like of stood so there, funny. and I was like, well, why is everybody <laughs> laughing at me? I don't understand. I'm where I should be. And then the teacher obviously made me change lines. And I had to walk across the room and get into the line that I definitely didn't want to be in. I definitely didn't feel right standing over there. And I just didn't understand it. Um, I, I went where I thought I needed to go. And nobody explained anything to me. They just laughed and made me move. So I knew right then and there, okay, I went where I felt I needed to. And there's something wrong. I did something wrong. And that sort of stuck with me really throughout my life. Throughout my life. That's really powerful. That is a very powerful statement because that then carries through all of your perceptions for the rest of your adult life. And you were such, you are, I'm not going to say were, even though it was a previous life of Ryan, you have been and still are someone that excels at anything they do. And when we come back from break, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but it sure speaks to the idea that one incident like that in a child's life 
can color how the rest of their life is perceived. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it, it carried with me up until just a few short weeks ago, in fact. Mm-hmm. I no longer, yes. and I'm very happy to say, I no longer hear those kids laughing at me. I am so happy for you. What an amazing journey. And we're going to get into that journey next when we come back. Uh, we have so much to this powerful story. It makes me emotional. I'm, <laughs> I'm really moved. Really moved. I'm happy for you. That's the best I Thank can you. say. It's an amazing transition. And wait till you hear the rest of this. Stay tuned. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. And we are in 160 countries around the world. If you want to listen to this again or share this show with someone that you know that's struggling and would like some support and information, I know this is going to be powerful. Please go to makinglifebrighter.com and you can share from the player there. You can also go to Voice America to the Health and Wellness Channel and you'll find us there. We'll be right back with more Rebecca right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones, whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free Rome sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm here today with Rebecca Mills, who was previously Ryan. And though Rebecca has taken on her identity formally in the last two years, uh, Ryan really went by the wayside three weeks ago, and Rebecca is now fully here after a complete surgery and sex change. So, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about the process of change, because your voice is very soft right now, and you do sound very feminine, and I knew you as Ryan, and I knew you with a more masculine voice as well, and so Give some context for people so they can understand what this entails. Really what it entails is just, I mean, ultimately just a bunch of steps. And as far as the voice goes, thank you for even saying that. I, I very much appreciate that. The voice, you it's just practice. Um, there really isn't anything that you can take. There isn't really anything you can do. They do voice surgeries, but it's, you know, it's it's a different procedure. I haven't had anything done to the voice. I just really try hard. It's just a matter of trying to talk from a different place, I guess. But um, it, it's a different placement in you because you know, if I want to bear down and have a stronger voice, obviously we all know what that's like. And yet, no matter how strong I go, I'm never going to sound like a deep male voice. And so you had not a super deep male voice, but you had a male voice and now, you know, you're working at totally being who you know you've needed to be your whole life. Yeah. And what does that do for you when you speak in this voice? It finally feels right. And honestly, I don't know how much success that I have, but I try really hard and the voice does get fatigued if I... If I go to work and I'm on the phone most of the day or if I talk with people all day, my, my voice does get fatigued. And just like with any other fatigue, you begin to falter. So it's just a matter of, of just building strength and endurance and, and just getting through it. But it feels amazing, absolutely amazing to just finally not pretend in any aspect of life. It's to say it's liberating really doesn't even describe it. When when you were Ryan, let's let's share with people some of what Ryan accomplished and did and give some context to what kind of pilot you really became. Share with us your resume of sorts, if you wouldn't mind. Well, I started flying when I was 17 years old. It was given to me as a gift from my mom and my dad. Um, my father was a pilot in the Air Force, and so I just showed a little bit of interest, and sure enough, on my 17th birthday, I had an introductory flight given to me, and as soon as I left the ground, as a matter of fact, it was the very first time I was ever in an airplane, 
I just kind of knew that this is where I belonged and this is what I was meant to do. Um, Everything just made sense and it was one of the very, very few places where my mind just became quiet. You know, amongst all of the noise of aviation, my mind was very, very quiet. So I started flying at 17. I had most of my certificates and and ratings. By the time I got to college, I was a flight instructor. So I kind of flight instructed my way through college. Um, Those were busy years. I was also playing baseball and, you know, majoring in two different subjects, but very busy four years. I didn't walk at my college graduation because I finally had my first real flying job. I was flying canceled checks for a cargo company. And I just built my time, built my experience. I went to work for Delta Airlines where I got a lot of international experience on a lot of the big jets. And What did you fly? I, I flew the Boeing 757 and I flew the Boeing 767. Amazing, amazing. And you went on to fly Learjets? And I went on to fly corporate. in the corporate world. So I flew Learjets, I flew... Um, Challenger 604s, I flew Global Expresses, I flew Gulfstreams, um, all, of the, all of the long-haul, top-of-the-line corporate jets that, you know, go over the oceans, and I loved international travel, so before I knew it, I had circled the globe about seven times. It's amazing. That's just, it, do you ever reflect on that and say, wow, look at what I did? Just... <laughs> It doesn't matter, you know, if it was male or female. Look at what I did. <laughs> on occasion, on occasion I do. I'm, you know, for the first time in my life, I am content. And it's, it's an amazing feeling to just finally come to contentment because I can look back on my aviation career and I'm happy with what it was. I'm content with what it was. I think I did a lot of really, really neat things. Um, and I'm thankful for all of those experiences, everywhere I got to go and everything I got to see. I was very thankful. But you never felt like yourself, and you were always chasing something different, which was you in that process. And now you've had the full operation. You've done hormones. You just had your surgery three weeks ago, and you are literally from the inside out, Rebecca. How does that yeah. feel now? I am still trying to encapsulate with words, um, you know, exactly what it feels like. The best that I can do right now is to say that my body finally feels like the way my soul always has. And it's an amazing feeling. It's it's very, very hard to express, but it is such an amazing feeling to just feel real. You look like you're contented when I speak with you in person. You look like you're, like you took a deep breath and finally it came out. Thank you. You know, you, you've been an overachiever since the time that I've ever known you. And to let people know, um, Ryan was my husband's flight instructor at the time when we met. And so I've been able to kind of see this transition and no Ryan, and now no Rebecca, and it seems like a beautiful, of course, kind of transition, and you are a beautiful woman, 
and you were a beautiful man. You were a handsome, beautiful man. And now you are this beautiful woman that's poised and eloquent. And what I really see, which is very interesting, is um, you have a softness to you. Not that you weren't soft as a man, just that it's it's there. It's just the softness. It's gentle. It's just really gentle. And there's an understanding. I know you've suffered a lot. I know you've been through a lot. Tell people a little bit about your last year and what you've been through leading up to this surgery. The last year, and really even the last few years, has been a little difficult. Um, I was the chief pilot of a corporate flight department. Um, I had an entire staff. I had a fleet of airplanes. And I came back from a trip one night, and I was on my way home, and I was sitting at a stoplight when my entire body just started to shake. It was just like, it wasn't convulsions. It was just nervous. And I just said it out loud. I said, okay, enough. Because my entire life I have ran from this. Ever since those kids laughed at me, I ran from this. Once I figured out I was adopted, I thought I was given away because of this. So I knew that if I became a winner, if I became a competitor, perhaps no one would want to give me away again. Perhaps no one would want to laugh at me again. So aviation and baseball and everything that I did growing up was a result of this. I was hiding from that softness. I was hiding from who I was. I was trying to fix myself. So at that stoplight, I just realized that I can't fix myself by doing any of this. I just have to be me. And it, it wasn't just a fix. It was, it was real. It was wonderful. And it was exactly what should have happened. It's just to be me. And we so have, that's what started the last couple of years. We, we have one minute until we break. But you've had a, not only a big transition, but kind of a shocking experience with your family And we're going to get into that in the next section. And something that so many people don't really understand is going on in our country right now is the lack of support for people that are trying to make this change one way or the other. And they really feel this is who they are. But friends and family or or other people in the world are threatened by this or don't simply understand. So I want to get into that when we come back because there is so much that you've taken on or so strong to take on. And now you've gone through this amazing surgery. And can I just say a surgery where they completely recycled everything that you have back into you. Is that right? That is exactly (laughs) right. They took out a few things that just weren't needed and everything else was used. Unbelievable. And you will be fully functioning as a woman once you're completely healed up. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's incredible. Um, you you are just so strong and beautiful. Like, can I say beautiful? I couldn't have said that before. Now I can say really beautiful. 
<laughs> with ama- amazing blue eyes. Go look at the picture, everybody. You have to see her blue eyes. She's always had those blue eyes, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're welcome. You know, when we come back, we're going to get into, you know, I, I'm laughing, but we're going to get into the seriousness of what this entailed because it's pretty rough for these people that are, are all over our country and all over the world. They're having a tough time in this transition finding little support. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. An amazing story up ahead. Stay tuned. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. If you have a question or a comment, please email me at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. You can check out the archive or share it with somebody if you go to makinglifebrighter.com and go to the player or the radio page. And we'll be right back. We're talking with the new Rebecca Mills. And the woman that she always knew she needed to be is now here. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. I always do. 
And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and I am live in Denver today with Rebecca Mills, and Rebecca is sharing her very intimate and life-changing story of how she went from being a man to now a complete woman. And Rebecca, I just want to say I'm, I'm really honored that you've come to share this. I know this is not an easy thing to talk about, and yet it's so powerful and so needed. It's really important. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'm very happy to do it. Well, you know, you had, like I said, kind of a tough year leading up to this um, operation and the change. Tell everybody what you went through when you looked for support in the whole community and your family. So after I had the little, I mean, I I don't want to call it an epiphany, but after I had the little episode at the stoplight, I went to my family. I went to my boss, and I basically told them what I had to do. And it was the first ever heart-to-heart that really I ever had with my family. And I think they just thought I was crazy. I think they thought I was losing my mind. And had a very, very difficult time with it. Um, my boss, the same way, he didn't necessarily want his chief pilot to be someone like me. And I understood, and I certainly have so much love and respect for aviation that I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I didn't want to stand up and yell and shout. So I walked away from my career because this is something that I needed to do. I could not go any further. I could not fix myself by pretending any longer. So I did what I could to try and survive. And what did your family do? How did they take it? What did they say to you? My family just didn't understand it. Um, It was received. I had a very heartfelt conversation with my mother, and she tried very, very hard to understand it, but ultimately they didn't want to have anything to do with this and they did not want to have this in their family. They didn't want their very accomplished, blue-eyed baby boy to be someone else other than what they could, they had come to know. I mean, you were all things perfect child in so many ways, right? I tried really hard. Um, I tried really, really hard in everything that I did, but there was something behind all of that. I was putting a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and really just a lot of misery into all of these endeavors. And I don't know, it it was a fantastic outlet. It was fantastic therapy, but it only took me so far. So yes, there were great successes along the way. Ultimately, those successes were very, very shallow. They were very empty because I could not be who I was. And with every success, with every achievement, I just felt more and more miserable. Did you feel relief when you told them? I did because it felt like for the first time in my life, I was telling the truth. And it might not have been the truth, but it was my truth. And it was the first time that I've ever done that. That must have been heart-opening for you, really. must have it been relieving. It's like a very difficult conversation. 
Yeah, and and your parents have since rejected you, correct? They have. They they do not want me in their family any longer. Um, by this time, I had already met my birth mother when I sat on the couch with her and I had that same heartfelt conversation. And I told her the preschool story and every single day since then that led me to her couch, she asked me to leave her house. And then Mm. she told me that she did not want it in her family and they ended up selling their house and they moved. Wow. Wow. And your birth mother and your brother and sister that you found? The entire family that I didn't even know I had, um, none of them really wanted to, wanted to have anything to do with this. I had a little bit of interaction with my half-sister. Um, we were going to meet for lunch. She was, you know, going to sit down with me. And then the day of that meeting, she just sent me a text telling me that she could not do this. She couldn't bring herself to meet anyone different than who she grew up wondering about. She, she grew up wondering about her brother. She grew up wanting her brother. And I understand that. I understand that perspective. And it makes me feel horrible. Even today it makes me feel horrible. But I have to do... I have to do what is right. And this is right. I was not her brother... I was not born that way. You were her sister all along. I was, all along. <laughs> in heart, all along. in soul. And so you had someone assault you last year. Tell us how that came to pass. What happened? I was doing what I could to just survive. Um, I had lost both my families. I had lost my marriage. I was briefly married. I had lost my home, and I was just trying to survive, so I was delivering pizzas, and I tried to do the responsible thing. I started at the HR department with the company, and I basically worked my way from the top down, telling them what I was going to have to do. So on the first day that I actually showed up to work as me, I was assaulted by a coworker. In other words, you were dressed as a woman when you showed up at work. Did you get the job as a man? Did they know you that way? And, and then you didn't come into it dressed as a woman, correct? That is correct, yeah. This, this was a very slow transition. This wasn't, uh, this wasn't just a snap your fingers, okay, everything's done. It was a very slow process. And can I just say, note for the record, this is very different than like cross-dressing. This is a real identity situation, not a temporary identity thing that's a secret. This is like an entire identity change, right? It is. But there's, there's really a chasm of, of difference between what a cross-dresser would be and for someone to experience, you know, feeling completely different, um, you know, I almost, I almost relate it to like a little girl with a cleft palate or a little girl with diabetes and then trying to hide that and ignore that from the world. 
you can't let anybody see it, you can't acknowledge it, you can't address it. That is so much different than just putting on clothes to make yourself feel good for a brief amount of time. Wow. So you went to work, and what did what happened? What, what did your coworker do? The coworker had a very, very obviously difficult time with um, someone like me now showing up. So he physically assaulted me in the parking lot of the um, pizza place that I worked at as I was coming back from a delivery. And I had to defend myself. I was scared to death. Um, I know what happens to people like me. Um, I think last year there were several women in my situation that were killed. And they weren't killed by being hit by a bus. They were killed by being beaten to death. So I was terrified. And I defended myself the best I could. I ended up breaking two ribs in the process and my hand, and I spent the night in the hospital. Oh, my God. And so what happened to the coworker, and what did the company do about this? The company ended up firing both of us for fighting. Um, I called the police, and the police actually told me that we should probably just figure it out between the two of us once they showed up and actually saw who I was. Wow. So it was very shocking really? that I couldn't even call for help. It was very shocking that nobody would even listen. And it was a very, very helpless feeling to feel like you're just adrift in a sea where nobody even wants to look. Wow. And, and what about the community? What about the, the transgender community? I did reach out. Um, the response from the community here was a bit disappointing. When I reached out to a center here in Denver, they really didn't show a whole lot of interest. Um, they ended up giving me a crisis line phone number that when I did call it, it was disconnected. Hmm. And it, well, you just were in wonder, crisis. it just made me wonder that had the results of that little incident been different, would their response have been different? Such as? That's what I would like to try and change. I would, I would like to try and... I would like to try and change the sense of urgency that we have for something like this because this is very real. The pain is very real. It's as real as that cleft palate. It's as real as that diabetes diagnosis. And there, there really needs to be support, and that's what I would really love to try and do is to build support for the people that are struggling with this. So people really can know that there's somebody out there that would respond to a situation like this. And this is common, right? This is assault for, we'll call it misunderstanding and misguidance. And ignorance is just, it's happening. It's as real. This is not a one-off situation. And it's not, off a, it, in, it's not a one-off situation. And, it, and it's certainly not a situation with somebody who just wants the thrill of wearing a dress. It's, not that at all. It's somebody who needs to finally be who they are and needs to live authentic, just as authentic as the assaulter. Right. So it, right. it is well, a very real situation. This is powerful, and I hope that you can do just that, and maybe you can even use this to propel that and educate people 
and and do more. But we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back. We have more with Rebecca Mills right here live in Denver today. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio and stay tuned. We have much more coming up about her surgery and now what it's like to be a woman versus a man. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning, based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with Medical Intuitive, Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and today, special guest, Rebecca Mills, who used to formerly be Ryan, and who is now absolutely all Rebecca Mills, is here talking with us today and sharing her story of what that's like, and a real bona fide change inside and out, and also in mental perception, too, I'm sure, right, Rebecca? Tell us a little bit about what it was like that you've noticed being 
a man and now transitioning into a woman, what are the differences? What do you realize that's radically different? There are so many. I, I honestly wouldn't even know where to begin. I think some of the standouts, you know, would be that you sort of just make your own space as a male. I think as, as a male walks into the room, he just sort of makes his own space where I've noticed now that as a female, I have to find a place within a space. Um, and sometimes that's very difficult because with everything else that you struggle with, trying to find a place can be very difficult. And then once you find that place, you worry about now, what are people seeing? What do people see when they look? Um, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I just want to be another woman in a coffee shop with a friend. And I don't know mm-hmm. that that ever really occurs to the male mind. Mm-hmm. What, what did you notice in being a man that is different for you um, in perception with people that you know or, or even physically? What is it that you experience in life that's different? Well, the physical changes have, have been quite enormous. I think um, with, with the experience of hormone therapy, there are so many changes that happen to your body. I've noticed, you know, upper body strength has, has really gone away, at least to, you know, a, a, a very good degree. Um, I think that it takes a lot of effort to just kind of go out and, you know, find the strength to to just do what you need to do throughout the day. And I don't know that that is just such a unique trait. I think there are so many women that just get up every morning and they find that strength to go out every day for their families, for their children, for, you know, their parents. And I just don't know that that really occurs to the male mind. They sort of jump out of bed, they divide and conquer, and they you know, come back and watch ESPN. That's a stereotype, but it just does not really occur to the male mind. It's amazing. And how do you take things in emotionally? What's different? The emotions are right there. And really, I think it's one of the blessings of all of this because finally, it just feels good to feel Um, the happiness is really happy. The sadness is really sad. But I think above all of it, it's just genuine. You just finally experience it with just genuineness. That is probably the most powerful thing that you've said this, thus far. It's so true. And, you know, I think people, okay, Here's a good example. Men always say, oh, women are a lot of work. They're so emotional. I remember when I was married, you know, I was told all the time, you're too emotional. And I was so devastated by that. It's like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm being me. I'm being, I'm having an emotion to a non-emotion. Basically, I'm having a reaction to no emotion, which doesn't work. And women are always looking for meeting in the middle of emotions, right? Not necessarily extreme, but men very often tag women as being too emotional. What do you think about that? 
you know, I think the emotions are a benefit. I think the emotions give you so much insight into the world, and it, it really opens you up to who you are as well. And I think if you can just embrace that emotion, I think if you can own it, I think if you can just own your emotions, you become so much more of a whole person, so much more of a complete person, because now you can just deal with things really directly, and you can take on amazing challenges, and your reaction may be extremely happy, extremely sad, but you're dealing with it because you're real. You're finally real. Do you feel that your emotions and how you have them are different now? Are you, are you more emotional about things and this then changes how you experience things? I think the emotions have always been there. I think now instead of being so buried, they have come up to the surface and, and they are there. I, I do have, you know, reactions, but at least, you know, the reactions happen in response to a stimulus that helps me cope, where before I was just trying to ignore everything, I was trying to hide everything, I was trying to suppress all of that, so nobody would see the emotion. Well, being fair to males in this process, what's a benefit that you had as a male that you can now see was a benefit now that you have this perspective? That's a really good question. I, I think there were a lot of benefits. And I, honestly, I, I don't ever want to forget that person. I think one of the biggest benefits to me of that former life is that person protected me. That person protected me from the people that would laugh at me. That, that person protected me from the people that would hurt me. He, he protected me from being scared. I was there the whole time, but he was a protector, and I never want to forget that. And I think that's an amazing, amazing male quality. And now you know how much women need that. <laughs> they do really in the world. If men would just honor that a little more, they would understand. But we have to go, and this has been the most amazing hour thank you rebecca mills for sharing this incredible story i ask everyone the same question what makes your life brighter being real it's amazing how beautiful the world is when you finally love yourself well that is so beautiful thank you for sharing thank you for being willing to share more good things are to come you will rock the world i know it and i love you and Go jolly, everybody. I hope you go out and make someone else's life brighter. Please share this show if you know someone's struggling. And get ready because Rebecca's going to come out with a book and she's going to do some amazing things in this world. So stay tuned and remember that name, Rebecca Mills. Go jolly. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Rebecca, for coming. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly!
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.